Cool. We're on? We're on. Hey, folks. Welcome to Cerveza City, the podcast. I'm Juan Forno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amol Suri. What up, Amol? What's going on? It's not much, my dude. Not much. Just, you know, living semi-quarantined, pandemic. I don't know. Where are we now with this? We're about six feet apart. I think we, we are definitely... We're one Amol with. That's how I met. What a bowl with. Yeah, I'm six feet. So if I can lie down in between two people, I feel like that's far enough. Oh, we have invisible gloves and sanitizer and face masks. We do, we do. We're so good. yeah, good. yeah, we're good. Episode um, two, man. Episode two, High episode River two. Brewery. Yeah, dude, that was a fun place to go visit. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, let's uh, let's pour the first beer, um, and then talk about what went down. I'm down. So, while we were there, you seemed to really enjoy the IPA. It was a great IPA. I know in episode one, uh, we were at Cold Garden, and they are currently the number one IPA in Canada. And I don't want to play favorites, but I think I personally enjoyed the High River IPA just as much. So, it's it's award-winning IPA, in my opinion. Okay. So, here's the thing with me. Not a huge IPA fan. Not an IPA fan. Not an IPA fan. But, which is weird, because I like scotches, right? So, um, like, give me the peatiest, make me regret drinking it scotch. Love it. IPA, if it tastes like grains, I'm like, I'm out, I'm out. I'm like, wheat beers or stouts, for some reason. That's, wheat beers and stouts. I know. That's like, your thing, eh? That's your thing. It needs to taste fruity or like coffee. No middle ground. Okay. So, I'm intrigued by this whole IPA because uh, it was said that... It's a light IPA. It is a light IPA. The bitterness is a lot calmer than most. All right. Let's see. Is this a bad boy? That's the IPA. That's the one that you guys... Diving Fox India Pale Ale. So, not IPA. Uh, Hazy New England. Yeah, we didn't get the IPA. Holy shit, we got it already. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This, you said this was the uh, IPA. No, no. That's the one I really liked. That was the India Pale Ale. Oh. Well, yeah. damn. The IPA, don't get me wrong. The IPA was great. But we had this one last. Mm. And I fell in love. So he said you guys had the... Uh, the and that's uh, the Dos Mikey's, right? He said this was the, the tool shed one. Yeah. He said this one's the one you had last. So I specifically asked for the IPA one, and he said it was... Uh, dude, Indian Pale Ale is IPA. <laughs> Let's restart this show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we we run a beer <laughs> we run a beer show. We don't know what IPA stands for. I gotta be honest with you guys. Had a little too many IPAs at the High River Brewery yesterday after filming, and like less than hundred percent. You know, a little hungover. I was focused on the diving fox and the, the enormous size of that can. It's a massive can. That we're gonna consume. It's a liter worth of an IPA or an English pale ale. I love my job, but now I need to know to pace. Yeah. Because I was excited. I went. I went ham yesterday. <laughs> I mean, you had a full day. Yes. Too much cerveza. Too much cerveza. Yeah. So am I cracking this open? Let's crack it. All right. <laughs> Uh, so that's going in there then. This is already an entertaining podcast, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, we didn't get the IPA. Yeah, we definitely did. All right. We didn't exactly have beer credentials. That's why we're interviewing brewers. Yo, I I have zero beer credentials. You know what? I'll pour you first. What a kind gentleman. Yeah. 
Um, my pouring skills are not ideal. Let's see. Right now, not too bad. A little bit quicker. A little bit quicker. A little quicker. Yeah. A little bit more. Uh. And then shape up. Shape up. Yep. Yep. Pour. 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 Ugh. Could be better. Could be a little bit better, but not bad. Because I was watching. Actually, that's almost a perfect pour. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Reason being, if you don't get that head, if you don't get that foam, then it like sits in your stomach. Um, yeah, I know that you want a little bit of foam on the top, but I don't know how much. More than that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like this is almost, in my opinion, that's a beautiful beer right there. Is it? Yeah. All right. Well, so the Diving Fox IPA. Diving Fox IPA, High River Brewery. Let's give us a go. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Oh yeah, that's good. Right? That's good. The bitter. A lot of people don't like IPAs because they're so bitter, so hoppy. Mm -hmm. Right? And I used to be the same way. And even now, like I, I like IPAs, but it's gotta be lighter like that. It is an incredible IPA. That's good. So here's the thing. It smells like an IPA. So my brain's like, dude, you're not gonna like this. Then I had a sip, and my my tongue was like, oh no, you could drink this. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, it's not bad, right? No, that's. I don't know if they got the beer facts on here. Hmm. That's a good, that's an easy drinking beer. That's what that is. It's 6.5%, uh, but it doesn't have the bitterness. No. Either way, you approve? I approve. I that approve. is a good IPA. Check out Dive of Fox from High River Brewery. Yeah, that's a, it's tasty. I, you know what? Because it's not too hoppy. I can now see why my friends who do like the stronger IPAs like IPAs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's hoppy enough that I can enjoy the taste. But not overpowering, where I'm like, it right. tastes like I'm biting into bark, or yeah. trees, or whatever. Mm. Wheat. How do you make beer? Wheat? No, wheat. It's not the wheat that gives it that taste, it's the hops. 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 But you can like, yeah. If you go yeah. on a brewery tour, I think they like, try to feed you hops. They do! I went on a brewery tour. Yeah. Uh, back when I was in uh, post-secondary, we, uh, we had to do a project with, uh, I think it was Big Rock. And they gave us a tour, and they were like, oh, here's a bunch of grains, eat it. Yeah. And I was like, sir, you just gave me grains from a, from an unwashed hand, and you want me to eat that. It's different times now. It's different times. That yeah. Used to be, that used to be acceptable and feasible. Now, that's a, that's a, that's a lockdown waiting to happen. Oh, that's for sure. That's, that is not okay with any code of, <laughs> code of conduct that are happening these days. Man. So, High River. It was interesting. Super fun. We learned some stuff. I learned some stuff. It's crazy to see, you know, that community, like, bounce back. Especially, it, it sounds weird, because I feel like the flood happened, like, a year ago. It seems just around the corner. Right? But then, when you guys brought up the dates, that was 2012? 2013. 2013. 2013. crazy. Yeah. It's it been, like... Wiped out that entire town. I remember I was... I want to say I was living in Okotoks at the time, so it was close. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember being downtown Calgary and, like, the roads were shut down. And so, it's also so weird because it's like, I remember back then being like, wow, this is a big deal. Nothing will ever shut down downtown Calgary like this. Right. Fast forward eight years later. <laughs> pandemic. Little do we know. <laughs> right? But that city got, like, that community got messed up. It was in water high river makes sense now yeah but the name 
But these guys, these guys popped up in what, 2018? Uh, the brewery, yeah. Yeah. 2018. 2018. Yeah, yeah so I, I think it was crazy, you know, the, the whole phrase, hell or high water, and that just took off. And, I did. And, and a whole new meaning, and I don't, I don't want to compare it to some like Me Too or Black Lives Matter, because those are, are relevant now. But for the town of High River, hashtag hell or high water was their thing on the equal scale for that town. Yeah. Completely devastated them. And they, you know, they didn't feel sorry for themselves. They didn't, they just, they just said, this is what it is. We chose to live here. And some people left. And uh, I think Kevin touched on that. He's like, the people that stayed and came back were the people that really wanted to be here and really loved the town. And you got to respect that. I think it's a close-knit community, and I think that event, as horrible as it was, really brought them together. You'd see the passion when he spoke about it. Yeah, I mean, having a brewery in a town that small, too, probably doesn't hurt. No, and I mean, to be fair, like, they are the only High River brewery, Um, but he was even saying, too, when they first opened, there was an education period. You know, it's a small town, farming town. You know, they like their Budweiser, their Canadian, right? And those are very mass-produced, very different from craft beer. So it's an education process, but, I mean, with the beer that they, they made and that we tasted yesterday, it's, uh, yeah, i got to be honest with you, it's, they're going to be all right, I think. I think those guys are going to make it. This, uh, this podcast is going to cause for a little bit of a intoxication. I wonder, I wonder what, like, the latter half of these podcasts are going to be. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's nice being in the brewery because throughout the entire filming episode, it's just one flight. I can keep it together for one flight. How, many, how much is a flight? That's like four 16 ounce. ounces. 16 ounces. Yeah, for a full flight of 16 ounces. So it's like... So it's less than a pint. Yeah. So isn't that like a British pint? 16 ounces? No, I think that's a Canadian pint. It's a Canadian pint? Okay. Yeah. Um... British pint is twenty, I believe. Okay, so it's a it's a Canadian pint. Um, I hope my computer didn't just shut off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, the mouse is right here. I brought the mouse for a reason. Still working out the technical. Yeah, this is fun. Did it shut off? Um. No, it didn't. No. Nope. Oh, it might have. No, who knows? Nope. Whatever. Well, that's fun. It's exciting. Um, I'm going to leave the mouse there and move it around every so often. Um, we'll figure that out later. Uh, episode two. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to get past this first, uh, first season and, and learn and, and grow this into something that can be truly incredible. I already think we're off to a great start. I think we're off to a fine breweries. start. I'm having a blast with it. And uh, yeah, I think it's just going to continue to grow and get better and better. I mean... And we're drinking. Two boys having a pint. Not bad. Not a bad start. I feel like I feel like there are other podcasts out there that have way rockier starts. Like, could you imagine if you had to do a podcast on like rocks? Yeah, I think I think a lot of well, for myself, like seeing other comedians who start podcasts, a lot of them don't really have anything concrete. It's just comedians talking and being funny. Which is, which is fine, but I think you need to base it around something. you got to have a topic. You have to have a premise. And beer right? is a good premise. 
And if we get in the drink, I mean... <laughs> yeah, right? Right? That's not bad. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? So I, I did I did stick around for a bit for the High River one. Um, you guys you guys seem to hate dog parents? I was uh, going to bring that up with you there. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't... I like dogs. Okay. I don't hate dog parents. Mm. I don't know if I firmly believe in the term fur parent, though. Okay. I don't know if I would refer to myself as a fur parent. But a dog dad is what I do call myself. So, same thing, different wording. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the same thing. It rolls off the tongue better than first. Like, if I were to cluster us and segregate us into groups, I think the dog dads would judge the fur parents. Like, being a dog mom or dad makes like, sense when you, to me. When you say dog dad, I just see the parent at the Little League game for his, like, eight-year-old getting wasted in the bleachers yelling at the umpire that like when you say dog dad that's what i picture the type of person okay you are. so picture the exact same thing but on a dog walk 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 um still slightly intoxicated um <laughs> and yelling at your dog for rolling around in the mud ah uh, see i don't know i i i think you would just be talking crap about the other dogs that you pass. Oh, we totally do, though. That's the other thing. See? We totally do. Yeah. Like, the parents all get together. See? You did, you, there's a whole the, community. There's a whole this. community. And, like, and you do judge other people on their dog parenting ability. Yeah. Like, like, And everybody outside of that community judges that community. It's like vegans. You guys are the pet vegans. We are. Oh, wow. We might be the pet vegans. I think you're the pet vegans. Interesting. Yeah. Still gonna call yourself a dog dad? Hell yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to refer to myself as. Like, people are like, oh, you have, a, you have a dog? I'm like, yeah, I'm a dog dad. I'm a single dog dad. And then I can complain about how hard it is. And, oh, it's so difficult having to schedule, like, a dating life around being a dog parent. Ah, you're right. We do call ourselves dog parents. Huh. There it is. I learned something new today. Yeah. I like this IPA. Add another dog parent. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the, the term dog parent. So we made it to episode two. If there's any other comedians or entertainers of any sorts out there, uh, there may be a hosting opportunity, a co-hosting opportunity. <laughs> I don't know if I can work with a, somebody who refers to as a dog, a dog parent. Or a parent dog I don't think I've ever referred to myself as a dog parent until right now. And but then it's I'm coming like, out. It the is coming out. coming out. It's because it, the, the truth is coming out with the booze. Um, you know what it is though? It's, it's the vault. It's the key to the vault. It's the key to the vault. Yeah. It's, it's because like, I wouldn't call my friends and I dog dads because some of them are women. Right. So, so that is dog parents. So we're dog parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's inclusive. But I don't know if I would refer to myself as a dog parent, but I'm a dog dad. So I have to be a parent. You can be inclusive in this situation and I'm still going to judge you. But you've met my dog. Yeah. Would you not want to be her parent? I like Molly. I have the dog. no issues with Molly. The dog. I love Molly. <laughs> God, I... Uh, but I'd be like, this is my dog. They'll be like, what is your relation to him? Like, I'm his owner. I own this dog. I don't parent it. I own it. This is my property. So much this, is why, this is why Jerry Seinfeld made the joke about if aliens were to come and invade Earth, they would think that dogs were superior. <laughs> Oh, yeah. My, all the power. So I ran out of dog food um, like three days ago. Uh, and with COVID, you have to like, so frustrating because like the most mundane items require so much more planning. Mm. And as someone with like a type B personality, that's like, that's 
in a realm that I'm not normally used to. So to like get dog food, I have to uh, I have to call up the the place first, make sure they have the food because I don't want to go to a pet store, walk around the aisles if I don't need to. So I called them up, they did, but they're like, hey, uh, what they were doing is they're scheduling people to come in to pick up food, and I'm like, that's fine. So I unfortunately did not plan for my dog's food to run out, so I had to actually cook her chicken breasts. I looked in my fridge and I was like, you need to eat something today. What are you going to eat? Here's some chicken breast. My dog ate better than me that night. Again, if there's anybody looking for a hosting job, because I feel like we already turned this from a beer podcast into a mole being a dog owner <laughs> podcast. <laughs> You're right. Dog parenting is the veganism of the, uh, the social world. Oh man, vegans probably make fun of us. Yeah. yeah. Vegans hate you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They're like, ugh, let me talk about how I can't eat things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here talking about my dog. You would think there would be some cohesiveness between people who love pets and vegans, but mm. no, I think vegans also hate you. Probably. Probably. Ugh, yeah. oh, a vegan who would hate the word dog parenting? You might get along with them. I dated a vegan. Really? I dated a vegan. Okay, quick question. Gluten-free, like people who are, can't have gluten, they can't drink some beers. Do you know vegans can drink beer? Because bacteria die. Yes. I know she drank beer. Did she? Yeah. We should ask a vegan. Because bacteria, like yeast, we is used. We can do this. Can we? We can do this. Okay. Hold on. She better answer. I really hope the mic isn't picking up my hiccups with beer. I know, I burped into the cup a couple times. We should let her know that there's a podcast for Yeah. Wow. Man. She saw my name, she's like, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. Okay, well, she yeah. might call back. She might see it and call back. Okay. What if Here's it was the emergency? Hoping. Well, good try. Good attempt. We'll find out. We'll get Uh, that information and we'll post it or something. I'm just wondering if vegans can have beer because yeast is bacteria and that's a living thing, right? So would it contradict? Is that too deep? That's all way over my head. Maybe that's the second beer topic. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, Here's actually funny. Okay. It's a dog dad thing that I've been asked to do and I've always said no. But still on the shit. Wait, hold up, <laughs> hold up, on. hold up. But they mentioned that they do beer yoga. Yeah. So people like in the dog parenting community are like, you should come out and bring your dog to do yoga. And I always, always said no, because A, I'm not flexible. Vegans, but, dogs, yoga, man, are we they, a hipster podcast uh, yeah. this week. But beer yoga was a thing that they brought up. Beer yoga, yeah, they do beer yoga there sometimes, which uh, I don't know if you've ever done yoga. No, I haven't. I've done it once, and I'm going to be honest with you, it might have been the hardest workout I've ever done. And I, I used to be a personal trainer. Some things have changed. <laughs> and now you're I found beer. I found beer and not exercising to be more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yoga's hard work. Yoga's super difficult. Yeah. I'm wondering if like the beer makes you a little more flexible, or just like... You're going to give certain positions more of a try? 
Because you're intoxicated? That sounded sexual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, when I do drink, I do give other positions more of a try. You know, to be fair, I'm not, not wrong here. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point, though. Like, you, you limber up a little, a couple of bases, and you're in. You're, uh, yeah, maybe. Who knows? I mean, we couldn't touch our toes. Me and Kevin couldn't touch our toes. Um... Maybe we try again after these massive beers. I will have to have a second beer. Maybe I'll take you up on that. Um, but limberness, not a thing I bring to the table. I have zero flexibility. Oh, yeah. No, me too. Right? Like, like stiff board. Oh, and it's also, it's also like annoying because I'm six feet. And I'm literally three feet of legs and three feet of torso. So I have to... Oh, it's just... It's too much work. Amal doesn't have a head. I don't. Based off of his math numbers. <laughs> Zero, head. zero, zero, head. zero um, head. Just keeps getting dirtier and dirtier. <laughs> just gonna say. You gotta pause it there. Uh, yeah. That's at twenty-one minutes, so I gotta. All right, one, two. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yoga. That should. Uh, you know, maybe after a couple of beers, we, we could give it a try. No one wants to see it. So it's the city yoga. So it's the city yoga. I'm down. Never thought we'd take it to that place. Right. To be honest with you. It's gonna be a. It was an idea to tell jokes and drink beer, and now I gotta exercise. That's what happens when you hang out with a dog dad. Uh, We'd already be doing yoga if there was a vegan here. Oh, man, for sure. <laughs> Having some, like, cauliflower pizza. How do you feel about, I think, uh. I'm pretty sure it was Blake at Cold Garden I asked. How, he said he was on board with cauliflower pizza, or uh, cauliflower wings, sorry. Really? No, no. Yeah, he's, I, like, he's like, I'm about it. I man, I it weirds me out. Okay, the weirdest cauliflower whatever in replacement of meat was a cauliflower steak. My sister ordered. That's not a steak. That's right. She and I was like, my sister was like, oh, it sounds so different, and let's try because we're Hindu, so we don't eat beef. I do. I'm not a good Hindu. Whatever. Just going public. I just. It's all good. Honestly, if, if there's a like God, God's definitely looking at me and being like, we don't want this one. Cool. Uh, for sure, that's happening. Um, so my sister, she'll opt out of eating beef. So she's like, ooh, cauliflower steak. And in my mind, I'm like, what would that even be like? Would they grind up cauliflower, shape it into a steak? You know, the funny thing is, is uh, I've had a vegan chicken wing once. Which is a cauliflower chicken wing. No. What? No, it was, I believe, tofu, the one that I had. It's just... I believe. And here's the thing. I went to go eat it like a regular chicken wing, bone in. Funny thing about vegan chicken wings, they don't come from an animal, so there's sure as hell no bone in it. But I was trying to eat around it, and I'm, they looked at me like I was some sort of stupid. <laughs> You're actually leaving pieces of tofu just Yeah, I'm like, is that, where's, I bit my finger, is that the bone? <laughs> It was weird, man. It creeped me out. I think that was the worst part of it. It's weird. So yeah, my sister, she got a cauliflower steak. It was just a piece of cauliflower, seasoned. I don't like that's You just ordered cauliflower. Yeah. So when people are like, here's my thing. If you want to say cauliflower, whatever, all good. Don't call it something that I already call my meat products. Cauliflower chicken wings, it doesn't make sense because there's no chicken in it. So it's cauliflower wings. But cauliflowers don't have wings. So name it as something else. I believe if you want to be a vegan or vegetarian, whatever, I'm totally fine with that. My personal belief is cauliflower is a vegetable side. 
to a meat dish. I can I could cheers you on that because <laughs> that's, that's just my opinion. I agree. Um, I uh, that's a good sip. I think it was a good sip because it, it followed a an agreed. Yeah, I, we haven't agreed on much. We today. haven't. No. no, we've agreed that this IPA is good. It's damn good. This is damn good. I don't think I've finished an IPA that quickly in a long time. If no, ever. No, me neither. It's uh, going down real quick. Real it's going speed. down really quick. Uh, actually, it's funny. So I told one of my buddies that we were going to do a podcast. He laughed because he was like, wait, hold up, hold up. Amol, you are going to do a beer podcast? Mr. Connoisseur over here? And I'm like, I not. That's the, you know, that's the point. We're learning about beer. And that's, that's the fun part. Like, we're definitely learning about it. Um, but he's, he straight up called me out and was like, what if you have to try an IPA? What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you can't, you can't run away. No. And I'm like, you are correct, sir. I will have to suck it up, and I'll have to drink it, and I'll have to not make a face. I'm not making a face, and I'm drinking that really quickly. I personally just want to go out of my way to make sure that every time we're drinking beer on the podcast, at least one IPA is present. Oh, God. Yeah, if we go to Race the City, and we go, like, you know, scotches? Oh, Game Face on. I yeah. will. Yeah. So, I will be on that one so quickly. And I don't see why we wouldn't get into distilleries personally. I think it's a natural progression. And yeah. when we get there, like, bro, that's where, that is where my, my hard-earned liver comes in play. Yeah. And, and then I will make sure when we do the podcast that we have scotches that will make you cringe. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I am already ready to expand to Rates of City just after two episodes. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm really down. Uh, who's not? Who wasn't down for something? You guys brought this up in the in the uh, at the brewery, and it blew my mind. Um, so High River, they're working with um, a can company from Calgary. Yeah, uh, Volio's Confections. Man, and Volio's Confections got the angry email. Volio's Confections got that email that we uh, that was in the episode. Wow, man, I, uh, it was funny because when we do the pre-production process and we write the questions and we figure out what we're going to ask or what we're going to talk about, we really got to dive deep into these breweries to find good questions that are going to be entertaining. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was deep, deep into, uh, High River Breweries, um, Instagram page. And there was a post about them selling Volio's Confections. And uh, I was like, all right, well, we're going to touch on that because it's unique. Not a lot of breweries are partnering with candy shops. Uh, we did try the candy, the maple candy. And it was incredible. Um, so 10 out of 10 recommend those guys. Check that out as well. Um, and then, yeah, I just stumbled upon, I think it was, the they yeah, High River posted a picture of the email on their Instagram and immediately in my mind I was like troll level 100 that's amazing okay I'm gonna bring up the uh, you keep talking I'm gonna bring up the uh, the email yeah so if you go to HR Brewery's page it's on there um, so yeah and I, I was mind blown I was like there's no way I couldn't talk about this and then I believe it was Kevin's girlfriend 
immediately knew where I was going with it. Before I even prompted the email, I just said my favorite question that I've written for eight breweries this far. And she immediately knew what I was talking about. Okay, so the email, now again, it's to Bolio's Confectionery, right? It's from a random person that says, Hello, I want to let you know I was going to support you, but upon seeing your most recent Instagram post, I've decided I will never support your business. Ever. Uh, I love the hello has a period. Ooh. Not a comma. Hello. It's just straight hello. I, I emphasize that. Mm, dot. Mm, mm. Uh, knew they meant you made right the decision to go against Jesus Christ and the work and God and the work and to work with a brewery. Uh, but here's a gateway to uh, disgusting establishment. Is it? Oh, sorry. Wow. This beer is hitting me hard. Beer is a <laughs> gateway drug to sin. And therefore, hell. She spelled therefore wrong. I can't spell correctly. I can spell the word therefore. Yeah, no, I pointed that out. I was like, there's supposed to be an E at the end of yeah, the therefore. Yeah, she, uh, she missed that. Um, it's a lot of anger. I feel, I can feel the anger. You provide, you providing candy to this disgusting establishment makes your business a disgusting establishment. Uh... I had hopes that you would be a, a good and just business operating in the light of Christ. And I can't tell you how much this has disheartened me. I'm sorry for your soul and the souls of your consumers. Uh, you will burn in hell uh, and unfortunately choose uh, this path. Um, aggressive ending, I will say. I mean, we're consumers drinking the disgusting establishment beer. So, cheers to going to hell. Mm. Here we go. Hell tastes great. I think so, too. Mm. So, not religious. Don't want to bring religion into this. I have no issues with religion, by the way. Neither. Um, I just, me personally, not religious. Uh, angry human being for someone who believes in Christ. It's a lot. That's all. That's an. Um, that's crazy. And to my point too, like, I was I was raised in a Catholic. Like I went to Catholic school up until grade nine, I believe. So I'm not super familiar with the Bible, but I know some of the Bible, and I know there was a lot of alcohol consumption in the Bible. Yeah. So like, I grew up in a uh, Hindu family, but grew up in a place where there's a lot of Mormons. Mm -hmm. Uh. I think one of Christ's superpowers was turning wine into water. Right. I water into wine. Yeah. I was like, when I was talking to Kevin, I was like, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Jesus, my boy, never helped me with a curveball. But anyways, that's not the point. Uh, yeah. It was at, a, I believe, a wedding. And he turns the water into wine because they ran out of wine and the guests were thirsty and wanted wine. Which is a good host. I think so. Like, if... Christ is my homeboy, and we were super intoxicated, and we couldn't get any more booze, and someone was like, yo, we need some more booze, and my boy came up to me and was like, yo, you got water? Don't worry, I got you a couple pints of uh, wine. And at that point, you don't even care if it's good wine or not. No. You're just like, you're just excited about the alcohol content. Especially if you made it straight from water. Yeah. I mean... I'm not familiar with the wine making process, but I don't think it's that easy. I don't think it's that easy. I would be a, I'd be a jerk, and I'd look at him and be like, yo... Can you get me a Malbec 
Preferably something <laughs> a little on the. This is the white I wanted a red. Ugh, I don't know why you. Uh, I don't know why you went with the fruitier ice wine, Jesus. But maybe next time. Ice wine because Jesus is classy, my friend. Maybe it's super sweet though. You're super super sweet. super sweet. So I. I mean, but again, I think I would have had a conversation with my boy Christ prior, been like, "Hey, look, man, eighty percent of the crowd wants more of a a darker red wine." If you could bring that to the table, I'd appreciate it. You're putting stipulations I on probably. his miracle. <laughs> You're putting stipulations on my boy Jesus' miracle. I think you should. I think I'm you should. Like, hey, man, if he's going to make a miracle, make it right. Make it right. Make it right the first time. Because you don't want people to leave your party being like, yeah, man, it was such a good party. Christ came in, turned water into wine, and it was like a really like low-grade white wine. So... You want people to walk out being like, yo, Christ showed up, he turned into like a nice capsaw. This might be offensive, but if we're making stipulations amongst miracles, do you think that any of the lepers that he cured requested to be Caucasian with big dicks? Um, maybe that's what fell off while they had leprosy. I could see that being front and did center. Did they request growing one back? Okay, wait, did, so now you have to wonder, when he cured leprosy, did he just stop leprosy? For further progressing, or do you grow back limbs? Because if you grew back limbs, I would have, I would have asked for that. I really hope my grade eight religion teacher doesn't watch this because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know. If my father watched this, he'd be like, "Yeah, he doesn't know anything about uh, Christianity. <laughs> like he doesn't know anything about Hinduism." Uh, I'd be so proud. You never tell me he's proud. No, no, no. Well, that's how immigrant parenting works. Yeah, I was going to say immigrant parents don't tell you they're proud. No, they never will. Not once have I heard Pablo Laforno tell me he was proud of me. It would be weird. I don't think I would handle it very well. I would look at my father. If he said he was proud of anything, I'd look at him and be like, How, are you okay? Dementia kicked in already? Is that sad? Honestly, if my dad just called me up and said, and when I call him, when I call my dad, he doesn't say hello. He doesn't say, hey, how's it going? It's, what? What do you want? Yeah. Yeah. I always want something. And the worst part is, nine times out of ten, he's right. So <laughs> My father's gotten into the habit of saying yes on the phone. Yes. So I've taken advantage of that because I'm a good son. And I just, like, when I call, as soon as he answers the phone, I quickly try to slide in, like, a quick, can I have? Sometimes I get through a sentence. What's, uh, what's the craziest can I have that you've asked sneakily on a phone call? Uh... You know what? I, uh, I might have asked for uh, tires for my car. Okay. That was that was the, the sneakiest. Tires. Tires. Winter tires? Winter tires for my SUV. I'm going to be honest with you. Safety first. That's what, that's what right. I thought. That's, that's what I thought. That's a tough argument for him to win. It would have been. You know, especially I usually uh, course my mom into getting on my side. Yeah. And then... You play that card. I right? totally do. Oh, no. My mama loves me. Uh, I don't know, though, if my mom loves me as much as the lady who wrote that email loves the Bible. I don't even know if that lady loves the Bible. I don't know if she's read the Bible. I think she's uh, she's held the Bible up upside down for a photo op. It's a current event plug. Uh, I was going to say, that guy, Mussolini or... Hitler, whatever people are referring to. Bunker Boy. Bunker Boy. Bunker Boy. Bunker Boy. I like that nickname. You know what? One of my favorite memes was a picture of Obama, Bush, and I believe Clinton. 
and they were making fun of how they never had to retreat to the bunker in their eight years. Uh, eight years for Bush and uh, Obama. I think Clinton was out before his eight years were up. No, he had full term. He, he did full. full. He did full two terms. He got a BJ out of it. Yeah, because he was impeached. So was Trump. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. No. But uh, I I like the name Bunker Boy. I think it's... Bunker it, Boy is pretty it good. It just works. I, I just... So... It's a unique twist, because everybody's like Cheeto Dust, always referring to the color of his skin, but Bunker Boy is original. I like it. I like it. And, like, I don't... You know this over me, but I'm in real estate. Like, that's my... my Daily gig, <laughs> the one that pays. The one that pays. If you're doesn't looking for a me... hosting job, <laughs> it doesn't feed me beer like this though. True. So True. maybe I need to. That should be my next ask on a phone call. Mm. I want to get paid in beer. Yeah. I don't know if I could pay my mortgage in beer though. No, you still. You just. You you get your regular pay and a beer bonus. Ooh, I like that. The beer bonus. A beer bonus would be a nice, yeah, a nice add-on to my uh, salary. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm in real estate. Trump was in real estate. When I bought my place, uh, the first thing my father asked me was, "You did the inspection prior to paying for it?" And I'm like, "Obviously, like you don't you don't grow up in real estate and not do an inspection." I don't even think you need to be in real estate to know that one. I don't. I don't. I feel like. That just should be a given. Yeah. You take care of the inspection. That's the PSA for this episode. Yeah. This IPA is amazing. And uh, and do an inspection when you purchase a property. Right? Also drink responsibly. Also drink responsibly. Don't do the inspection while intoxicated on a good IPA. Or do. Just don't buy that house. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. So all those. All those apply to drink responsibly. <laughs> Um, Either way, just don't uh, drive on alcohol. <laughs> just don't drive on alcohol. It's not that hard. Uh, uh, but yeah, well, Bunker Boy came out and was like, yeah, I went down there to inspect. Bro, no, you've been living in that house for three and a half years. <laughs> he went down there to inspect and then mysteriously a fence went up around his house. He built that wall. He, he finally built that oh, wall. God. He finally kept my people out. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the people out. Uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I don't want to sidetrack this and go political, but I thought that was a, a fun... I don't even know how I said that. Oh, because the lady, the email. The email, man. Back to the email. Back to the email. How, okay. What's the angriest email you've ever written? Because I did write a pretty upsetting email a couple days ago. The angriest email I've ever written. Did you... Uh, up until this point, I've never really communicated with email. Um, I, I'm a really impatient person. Okay. Um, I want to take care of business right away. I want answers. I, I just need that structure so I don't have to stress over things. Okay. And uh, I definitely get passive aggressive if a couple days go by and you don't get back to my email. Okay. Like if, if, if Gmail is nudging me to send a nudge because I haven't got a response to my email, I'm going to be pissed. Speaking of which, on that email, um, Gmail, so Gmail suggests replies to things. Yeah. And I've used these. Right. Right. Especially for work. Um, if I just, I don't have time to write a full email, sometimes Gmail will say, suggest the word thank you or thanks. That means a lot. 
Gmail suggested three for this email. Thank you, period. Thank you, comma, that means a lot. The third one was wow, period. And I really hope that was the reply they got back. Just straight wow, wow, wow. Sometimes one word can be so powerful. Oh man, I would, wow, if I send an email that aggressive and someone just replied back to me with the word, wow. But then you gotta factor in punctuation, I think too. Do we write wow, period? That's what it was, that's the suggestion. Wow, period. Aggressive. Wow, no period. Uneducated, in my opinion. Wow, period, dot, dot, dot. I, that's a loss of words. Right, you're like, well, what are we even doing here? Mm -hmm. Wow, exclamation point, fuck you. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, an, that's, a, that's a, like them fighting words. Yeah. Like gloves are off. Okay. Also, we're only allowed free profanities, and I think we've hit our quota now. I've after that apple. <laughs> we've been good though. You we've know been what? really good. That was one of my biggest concerns, especially as a comedian and not a clean one. Um, not not like an Anthony Jesselnick or or our local hero Sam Walker, but I swear on stage. Oh, I swear! I, on stage. I swear when I do comedy and getting into this, one of my biggest concerns. <laughs> was whether or not I would be able to to do it without profanity at least. I think we've done a decent job. I'm not sure. Because I'm so unaware of when I swear. Yeah. It's uh, second nature. Yeah. Uh, I think I've done a good job. I honestly don't think we've exceeded three. Okay. Three each or three? Total. Really? That's pretty good. That is pretty good. 41 minutes. Yeah. Pretty fuck. That. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Four. and we're not even in our second beer all right um okay so the second one this is a dose mickey hazel new england hold on hold on let's rinse these sure reset the cameras sure and then we'll introduce the second beer okay all right cool okay so we've crushed the ipa beer next dose. we have the dos mikey Hazy New England. Uh, they worked with Toolshed on this one. Shout out to Toolshed. Now, caps are apparently to open. Uh, well, let me pour you a beer. All right, here. Let me pour you a beer. There you go, my dude. May I reach for your glass? Thank you. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so this is a collab. This is a collab. Breweries have been been collabing a lot lately. Um, that's a thing now. Yeah. And this one was delicious. We tasted this one. I was a big fan. And uh, there's those Mikey's involved. And that's where the name came from. As you'll see on the episode. Yeah, it might be a little heavy. It's all good, my dude. All good. But I think it looks beautiful that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See, I think you, you did a better job on yours. For sure. That's like, in my mind, that's the perfect amount. That's nice there. That one's a perfect amount. Just the top beers up there. Oh, boy. No big deal. Things happen. You'd think that we would have a, a towel. You would think. Okay, now I just need to get a, a tool shed to me later. Quick grab. Okay, while you do that, I'll be back with a towel. That might have been the best pour you'll ever see. It's a pretty, pretty nice looking pour.
I'll make sure the staff knows my pulling skills. It's the nice thing about doing a podcast in your own house. Yep. Uh, if you need anything, it's right there. Alright, done. Done. Save my $100 Ikea Kep thing or whatever. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Alright. And then, super cool that you're actually doing this with all these, uh, these breweries. Cheers, by the way. <laughs> Cheers. Mm. See, now I like that. It's a little, a little more hoppy. It is a little more hoppy. Yeah, be correct. Um, it's your palate differently. Uh, stronger for sure. Uh, that's that in my mind is what an IPA tastes like. You know what's funny is that one is less strong. Uh, alcohol content wise? Yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah. What is it? 6.5 versus 6.3. Oh, okay. So not really. But not really. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's like, that in my mind is like, it's a flavorful beer. Very flavorful. Right. Uh, okay, so they worked with Tool Shed on this one. Um, they did. Have you ever been in Tool Shed? Mm -mm. I did a comedy show there with uh, Chris LaBelle and Steve Taddy, and there must have been like 120 people there. Sidebar, both gems of human beings. Gems. Just gems. Yeah. Like, closer to closer to Chris Bell than I am to Steve Daddy, for sure. And I'd be the opposite because I've worked with Steve countless amounts of times. Yeah. And I've just shot the shit with Chris. Like, I've had brunch with him. Yeah. Just gems of human beings. So it's awesome that you got to work with them. Yeah, it was great. Um, So you, you guys, you did a you did a show at Tools Shed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I did. I didn't. Are they in town? They're in town, Calgary. Or Tool Shed is Calgary. Okay. Yeah. So these guys worked with Tool Shed, made a really good tasting beer. Um. So going around breweries, that's not your like. This isn't your first time doing this, hey? So it. You know what? It's been an involving thing, and it all started at uh, at a Drew Lynch show at Yuck Yucks. Okay. So let me give you the backstory here. I uh, took my mom because she's a big America's Got Talent fan, uh, to Yuck Yucks to see Drew Lynch, who obviously, I think, finished second or third on his season. Hilarious comedian. He's, he's so good. Um, so we went, and then Kenny, the guy that was opening for him, uh, was standing near the door, and my mom was bragging to the ladies in front of us in line uh, while we were waiting to meet Drew. Um, telling them how I'm a comedian and, I don't know, proud of my moment, I guess. And uh, Kenny overheard that, and he was essentially running this brewery tour situation. He needed comedians to, to be a part of it. He's like, you're a comedian? I was like, yeah. He's like, you know Chris LaBelle? And at that point, like me and Chris had hardly ever worked together, hardly ever talked. And, uh, but we knew who each other was. And I was like, yeah, I know Chris. He's like, would he say that you're an okay comedian? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And next thing you know, I'm on these brewery shows. Um, so yeah, I did, uh, Tool Shed. I did one up in Edmonton. Uh, I did Common Crown, Born Colorado, which led to me running a monthly show at Born Colorado. 
Um, so I have a little bit of history with breweries in that regard. I think there's a couple other ones, but I've, I've done a lot of shows. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it just kind of evolved and it's, it's really taken flight so to speak not bad not bad um so again i was at uh high river with you on this one uh in and out there man their staff seems so accommodating to things like this which is super cool yeah honestly uh not again going back to like the email thing um their communication was great you know what i sent them an email like noon on a thursday heard back by like 12 30 they'll like give us a call we're interested that day we had it scheduled. Like they were so on board. They loved the idea, the concept. They thought it was a great idea. Um, obviously we do some pre-production where, you know, we come up with the questions. There's no way I'm good enough to just think of all that stuff on the spot. And, uh, you know, they had zero complaints. There was not a single question they asked me to take out. Um, and then in getting there was really fun because we started the interview and Kevin is just a sweet dude, but you could see how nervous he was. It's it's so cool because because uh, we're both comedians, right? So uh, when we get a mic in front of our face, it's almost second nature for us to just some clicks and it yeah, just, you turn it on, yeah, yeah, something clicks. We just turn it on. I'm gonna turn up the mic, volume up on your mic a little bit. Sorry. I just, I just hope, I hope. Episode two, man. Episode, Episode two. two. Uh, yeah, something just clicks. You know, you grab the mic and, and it's almost like, I don't know, for me, it's almost home. But to watch someone uh, who this, it's not their realm at all. Not at all. Not at all. Like to him, he's a brewmaster. Yeah. Right? Like his, he wakes up in the morning and he's like, how can I make beer that people will enjoy? Which if you throw either of us in that situation, we well, would yeah, make beer that people idea. would hate. We'd have no idea. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's night and day, and that's I think one of the one of the great things. I thought it might be a challenge, but I think is one of the great things about this show is it really is and and not to compare, but to use as an example is some good news with John Krasinski. It's just authentic, right? It's not staged. It's not these actors. It's the real owners. It's the real people giving their honest opinions about the questions we ask them pertaining to their brewery, which is their baby. That's their business. And you could see that, like, uh, when when he's talking about, like, the community and how, how they really back the community, it's not a rehearsed... It's not a rehearsed answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Like, again, so I have a background in PR. Oh, it's just so weird. That's the most weirdest history. <laughs> like, I have a PR background working in real estate and do comedy. None of it makes sense. No. But, like, we were taught over and over again, when you get questions from someone who wants to interview, regardless if it's, you know, a big global news or if it's a small YouTube channel, you have to rehearse the answers. You have to, right? And I always remember being like, oh, it's so frustrating because the answers will always come off rehearsed. Mm-hmm. His answers came off genuine. Especially with, uh, with the, uh, the shark bait or shark... Shark Week. Shark Week. Yeah, the uh, hibiscus rhubarb wheat ale, I believe it was. Yeah. But it was definitely hibiscus rhubarb. Yeah. And I just assumed when I, you know, when you see Shark Week, um, and maybe it was my fault for not doing a little bit more research into it, I, I just assumed that he was referring to the National Geographic Shark Week. Yeah. 
I didn't realize that they were brewing a beer for his buddy's band. Which is even cooler. Dude, way cooler. Way cooler. Because anybody can do a Shark Week beer. For sure. Anybody can do that, right? And then for him to say, you know, my buddy just wanted this beer for his band. He had to name this beer after his band. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's that's so sweet. That's so cool. I just, I loved how, like, how there was, when you first asked the question, I'm not sure if, yeah, if, this is going to be on the uh, the video or not. Um, haven't seen it. Uh, but when you first asked it, you guys were... There was, there was a moment of realizing you were talking about Discovery Channel, Shark Week, and he was talking about his boy's band. Right. But the answers also kind of worked. Right. Yeah, there was definitely that obvious disconnect that we didn't realize. But because his answer was so genuine... It where just kind of it fit. just fit, and and then there was a moment of clarity where you're like, oh, we're not talking about the same thing. Yeah, and I think that um, I don't know if if his thought process was this, but I kind of took it as a compliment because compliment. for me to be able to dig out something like his friend's band's name mm-hmm. and, and and include that in the interview, like that's that's pretty good discovery i think yeah no you the question was really well done but it also shows like the care of how they brew their beer yeah right there's a lot of heart and passion and because if it was just the discovery channel piggybacking off it yeah there's it no connection been, there's no connection and he would have it would have been a throwaway answer he would have yeah. been like oh yeah no discovery week does it i don't watch it but hey it sold well yeah but he like went on just like just a hype scale like rant about this band yeah and i was like that was such like you could see there was a genuine Mm -hmm. thing right like a genuine uh uh reaction and i was super cool to as a guy in the background just watching that was super cool yeah and i I just think like i said it adds to authenticity and just the originality of of what we're trying to do with the show um yeah yeah i i was unsure you know, going in, it was it was a funny thing because when I first came up with the idea and I started sending out emails, I felt like I needed the breweries, but then sitting down with Blake and Kevin and talking with them, it really felt cohesive. Not like they were doing me a favor or I was doing them a favor. It was just this joint collaboration to make something really cool. Um, and I just think that goes perfectly with microbreweries they all work together they're all cohesive just about to say it works really well with what we're drinking right now tool shed and high river literally beer which is unreal you know and it just it just creates something truly beautiful in my opinion um this was supposed to be a minor project on the side to my comedy for you know something fun and then once we really got into it and i started to realize the potential um, and talking to friends and family and then, you know, launching the social media and people reaching out to us and being like, this is a great idea. We're really excited. Dad, you talked to this brewery. This is my favorite brewery. I've gotten plenty of messages of people saying, we want to see you at this brewery. And the first episode hadn't even aired yet. So I think we're on to something and I think it can be great. And I think it's because of the way the whole community interacts. I think like COVID was scary and I think this is just a nice 
how does everyone unite mm-hmm. over something that was so divisive, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. like something that literally, the way to stop the spread was stay away from people. Right. And now we're working on something that is like, all right, cool. We'll still stay away from people in the masses, but how do we unite the community again? And I think this is, it's, it's cool that we're drinking a, a beer that's a collab when both of us are comedians. Yeah. And again, I've only been doing this since September. So yeah. I have no, like, I have no, like, ground in us doing things. But it's, our our podcast is, is like, us shooting the shit right now is, uh, that's five. I was going to say, we just exceeded it. Oh! oh that was, like, so four and close. a half, though. Four and a half. You, yes, yeah. you're right, you're right. Uh, but this came from us just uh, hanging out and being like, hey, we should do something together. On a road trip. On a road trip. Off to Medicine Hat. Off to, off to my hometown. Shout out to Mad Hatter Comedy Club, that Stephanie was, Foley. Oh, that was such a fun night. That was great. Uh, yeah, both shows were awesome. I had a lot of fun. The group that we went down with, the two other guys, uh, were, were a lot of fun. Um, and not, not every road trip is, man. Like, no, man. Like, you go on those road trips with other comedians, um, sometimes you gotta post in the forums and just look for spots to seats to fill, and you can't really tell people no, but not all comedians get along. Well, that's like, that's a, that's a long time to spend with someone. In a very small, confined space. But I thought we had great conversation, very constructive too, you know, we, we discussed jokes, uh, we discussed being in comedy. We discussed why things maybe weren't hitting, why some other things were hitting. Um, I'm so far from an experienced comedian, um, but I feel like I was the most experienced in that car. And I, I, I felt a sense of pride even just talking to you because in the first show, you came across, I don't know if you remember the conversation, you were coming across a little bit unconfident. You kept putting your head down. Oh, when, when a we, bit doesn't hit? Oh. And we, and we talked about it. Yeah. And I just said, keep your head up. Stop trying to deliver punchlines with your head down. Look out into the crowd. And that second, Joe, you crushed it. Appreciate it, man. Crushed Appreciate it. it. And, then, uh, and then we were talking to uh, Mr. Ball. And uh, he was doing some jokes that were um, a little misogynistic. And I'm not saying that there's no place for those jokes. Obviously... Those kind of jokes exist. There's comedians that do those jokes very well. Um, it's it's pers- not my personal style, um, but if you if you meet Bradley Ball and you see him, he's the nicest, most lovable individual. So seeing him tell those kind of jokes was just confusing. It didn't make sense and it didn't work. And I was like, this is how I portray the joke. And I know from just the car rides that that's not who he is. It just never connected. And I don't feel like the it's, the audience believed it. It's so interesting because, uh, so when I, again, I only jumped in comedy in September. I jumped in comedy because of Marito. I have a whole origin story. Shout out to Marito Shout out Lopez. Marito Lopez. Papi, that, that's my boy. That's my dude. I love that kid. So good. Um, I blame him for you guys having to deal with my terrible jokes. <laughs> so if, if everyone's like, oh, get them all off the stage, you look at Marito and be like, my dude, he, this is your fault. But the thing is, that even when you, you say that, but myself, Marito, any comedian, man, you know, five, six, seven months in, none of us are good. Oh, yeah. None oh, there's, there's for sure a growth. I, here's the thing. I, I don't think anyone's ever good at comedy. It's a growing art. It's growing. You, you, you always want to get better, right? 
And even uh, like month over month, you'll see improvements. Oh, I uh, my friends videotaped the very first show I did at Yucks. Everybody makes that mistake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I uh, I re-looked at it. Oh, God. Was it three weeks ago? Because I haven't been doing, obviously, because COVID, I haven't done comedy in so long. I, I looked at it, and I cringed. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Oh, yeah. And I showed it to a friend, and she was like, it was so good. And I'm like, oh, girl, no. <laughs> you should see where I'm now compared to right? that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so excited to see where I am a year from now compared exactly. to what I was just, at. Just, just constantly growing. growing, right? And you know what the funny thing is, is, is not everybody does grow. And I think it is a self-awareness. Um, you have to be self-aware in comedy. You have to be okay with understanding that sometimes your joke is just not going to work despite how funny you might think it is. Mm-hmm. If you do jokes for yourself, that's fine. But if the audience is not enjoying it, you're not going to be doing the type of shows you want to do. It's interesting though, because like we're working with breweries now with, uh, with Surrey City. And there's so many, especially with microbreweries, there's so many like fine-tuned correlations. Yeah. Like, I haven't done this recently because I just kind of, just COVID, everything happened, everything put life on hold. But prior to COVID, I was doing about 30 minutes of working on my material a day. Mm-hmm. Whether it was coming up with new jokes, whether it was redoing my current jokes, or just saying my current jokes and seeing if I liked how they sounded yeah. for me personally. Um, and with microbreweries, I could only assume how many how many breweries would sit there, taste a beer, and be like, oh, I love this. Yeah. And then they try to sell it, and it doesn't hit. Right. And now they have the exact same conflict that we have, where right. I've written a joke. I've put my heart and soul into this joke. Yeah. It didn't land. So I tried again. It still doesn't land. I tried again. It still doesn't land. So now I have one of two options. Do I go back to the table, rewrite the joke, or do I get angry and like try to make the joke work. And you know what's funny about that is like for us, it's wasted time. You know, for a brewery, it's wasted time plus financial. Oh yeah, to have for to sure. dump out a tank of beer. So the pressure is on them even more so. Um, I, I don't want to go back again too much to to a cold garden episode, but one of the questions we had asked him is is uh, the first beer he ever brewed at Cold Garden. How bad was it? And he, he flat out said he forgot to rinse out the sanitizer in one of the steps. And it was god-awful. Um, and, and it just goes to show that, you know, one little mistake, whether it be comedy or brewing or whatever, right? You can just change one little thing and it'll be perfect. And... Uh, I think it's still recording. Oh, okay. That's the thing. That's why I didn't. Like, I saw. I saw your. I saw your. I saw your eyes beating, and I'm like, "Is he doing this because he's thinking?" I'm like, "No, I think it's still recording." Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Oh no! What if it's not? Now you got my heart stopped. <laughs> um. Okay, keep talking. So, well, wait. Maybe don't keep talking. Uh, oh yeah. wait. We're good. Oh yeah, see, it was still recording, and then yeah. stop, and then yeah, okay. So um, yeah, just think like you can always, you know, just one one misstep can ruin it, yeah. right? One one word in a joke, one step in brewing the beer, and you've you've lost 
what you're going for and then you just got to go back and edit and refine it you know i think i think that's like almost for us that's like reading the audience yeah right like it's a tough thing to do it's a super tough thing to do but it's so easy and it's so easy to miss yeah you go in there you have your set list memorized you're like these are the jokes that i'm gonna do you get on there it's an audience of old six-year-old white men yeah probably not gonna use my white privilege joke you know what the funny thing about that is? And, like, we've had this conversation, and I don't know if breweries can relate. I assume they would, but I personally, as a comedian, want to write a joke that's so good and so funny that it doesn't matter who's in the audience. Whereas, like, breweries, I imagine they want to grow and brew a beer that's so good and so tasteful, it doesn't matter who walks in that door as a beer drinker. I'm sure there's a parallel there, for sure. Especially... So my only thing is, is there's so many tastes, just like with breweries. So yeah. like the correlate, man, the parallels are, as we're getting deep dive into this, yeah. uh, the parallels are, are obviously... And it's a clear. tricky thing to navigate. But then I would look at that and I would say, you know, going to breweries or into, into comedy, that generic taste is the Budweiser's. Yeah. That generic taste is the Coconuts. Yeah. Right? And we're sitting here and we're exploring craft beers because we're so annoyed at the generic taste. Right. Like, if you want, we can go to any liquor store, buy 48 cans of Kokanee, and do a podcast. And it just sounds so bland. I was going to say, that sounds like an awful time that I would not enjoy. I would not be down for that, right? And then you think, oh, a comedian. And I like the comedians that push the envelope, but I also like the comedians that know their audience. Right. And I think just having genuine, authentic premises. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so many people can do a Tinder joke. And I'm not saying don't do Tinder jokes, but if you're going to do it, it better be a damn good Tinder joke. So I've gone countless open mics. I've heard countless Tinder jokes, right? So if you're going to do it, you better do it good. I agree. I agree. I think uh, for me personally, a lot of my jokes are written. And again, man, as we're talking about this, parallels are crazy because while you were in the uh, High River interview and we were talking about how, how the brewery even started, it came from the heart. Yeah. It was like, it was, I've always wanted to do this. It was a small passion project at home mm-hmm. and I expanded it. And I think that's the same thing with comedy. Like I've always wanted to be a comedian. Uh, I never took the plunge until Marito finally just nudged me. Yeah. I, I think once you, once you do something and you get into it and then you see that you enjoy it, if it's built up in your mind for so long that you wanted to do this, you get into it, you enjoy it, and man, then you just want to grow and grow and grow. Right. And it, with this show and with comedy, hands down, like yeah. that's exactly what happened to me. I always decided that, you know, I wanted to be a professional comedian, and uh, you know, I was not putting in the kind of work that a lot of other people were doing, and then it just started to grow and grow the more and more, and I enjoyed it, and it got easier to enjoy it the better that I got. You know, when you when you suck and you're your worst critic, it makes it tough going out to five, six, seven shows a week. Oh, for just sure. Just to feel that. But, uh, and then I got I got the opportunity, I'll never forget, March 12th, right before COVID shut everything down, I was lucky enough to do a guest spot on that Josh Wolf show. And that was the most inspirational thing that could have ever happened. And not because, you know, Josh Wolf is this famous comedian from LA and he's hilarious and his storytelling is one of the best comedians to do that type of joke. Um, he took a genuine interest. He wanted to know how serious I was as a comedian. Uh, 
he says he meets people in LA that move to LA for comedy all the time and does two, maybe three shows a week max. And he just tells them to quit, you know? And uh, I left that show with the intention of doing nine to 10 shows a week in Calgary. Which is literally every stage. Is you basically got to get up everywhere. So, you know, Monday I was driving to Red Deer. Tuesday I was driving to Lethbridge for extra stage time. Wednesday I was at three shows. Thursday I was at two shows. And I, I remember that conversation. We had that because uh, um, just prior to that, con- just prior to that Josh Wolf uh, interaction you had, um, I was, we are that's when me and you started getting close. Yeah. Around Medicine Hat uh, trip is when me and you started getting close. And you know what's funny? Just before you, sidebar, had you not gotten sick, you would have been at Joshua with me. A hundred percent. And I would not have gotten to meet him and have that opportunity. You think so? I think I think you and him would have... There's uh... no way I would have gotten that guest spot if I was there with somebody. Yeah, everything had to line up perfectly because they weren't even going to let me in because they were at capacity. And then you got sick, so I invited my brother. And my brother slept in, so he didn't make it. But there was no you way I wasn't going to go see him. So I was just going to hang out in the back by myself and watch the show. That's what comedians do. We're weird. Like yeah, we're super weird like that. Um, luckily, I've gotten to open for Lori Ferguson Ford multiple times. Been on the road with her, and we're really good friends. And she happened to be the one opening for Josh, and uh, she just invited me into the green room to hang out. You know, there was never an expectation on my part to go back to the green room to disturb what he was doing. I know I've had open mic comedians come up to me when I'm trying to, you know, focus on being in this show. And uh, he was super cool about it. He took an interest in me. And then he was the one like, you want to do a guest spot today? Josh Wolf offers you a guest spot. You don't, you don't say, say no. no, right? But it all started with you getting sick. And it's so funny because I got sick. Did I tell you how bad February was for me? Yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> it was a month of just getting sick after sick after sick. Uh, it all started with, uh, I got the stomach flu from my nephew, so I got just ridiculously sick because of that. Um, I love the kid to pieces, so worth every of course moment of it. it yeah, I got I got it back to my sister. I got to take care of the kid. Not a big deal. It just so happened that I didn't take the precautions I should have. <laughs> I fell asleep on the couch with him, like literally in my hands. Yeah, and then instead of washing my hands, I decided to eat uh, a bagel, and I'm like, mm, "This is how you get sick." So I got the stomach flu. Yeah. Uh, that weakened my immune system so badly that I ended up getting shingles on my face, Oof. which is terrifying. Like, it's an old people's disease. But uh, that happened. So then I couldn't eat because it was, like, from my, like, lips up to my cheekbone. Uh, got better. I did six shows in five days. Medicine Hat ended that yeah, little yeah. stint. That Saturday, woke up. I think that Saturday was the Josh Wolf. No, you were coming back from Florida. Was that? Yeah. Oh, oh, Palm Springs, not Florida. It was Cali. But so I got, I came back from Medicine Hat. I got back in Calgary. Woke up the next day with like a tickle in my throat. The next day, no voice. I had strep throat. I was sick for a week. <laughs> and this is like still February. This is yeah, still like this is February. this is three weeks in a row. I, at that point, I'm like, I've only been healthy for two days. I don't, or sorry, a week. I don't even know what health is at this point. Yeah, no kidding. Um get better, go to Palm Springs, go on this giant bender, came back from Palm Springs, everything's shutting down. 
because COVID. Yeah, it was right around that time. I ended up getting the flu. Which was terrifying. Terrifying. I got the first, I got like one of the first COVID tests yeah. in Calgary because yeah. I was like, I have flu-like symptoms. And I called HealthLink and they were like, you have COVID. I was like, oh fuck, I have COVID. Yeah, and back then, we don't know what we know now. Yeah. With, that was like... That was terrifying. I literally was like, cool. This guy might die. I bunkered down. You, I messaged, yeah, you're right. It was right after. I messaged you being like, I am super sick. Yeah. I can't, and it wasn't, I wasn't even that sick. It was just, I had a fever. I had a sore throat. Uh, I had muscle aches and I had health link telling me you have COVID. Yeah. So I was like, it would be so irresponsible for me to be like, well, comedy first. Right. I yeah, no, like, I appreciate you not showing up. Yeah. And I'm so happy because then we, we linked up right after to do Laugh Shop, uh, Jeremy. Yes. He that. The following week. The following week. The last uh, week. The last week. That was such a fun show. Yeah, that was great. I had a good time. Jeremy Jeremy hosts a good show. Yeah, he's a great host. He's a great host. Uh, Jeremy Furlong. Um, great guy. Uh, he was, I think, the second show I've ever done was him at Mill Street. Oh, okay, yeah. So he, he's, I think he's running into my brother-in-law, and he was like, yeah, I've seen him all grow, kind of grow up in the comedy scene. Yeah, and yeah. he introduced me at that show as I've seen this guy kind of grow. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, that was such a fun show. Great audience. Oh, so good. So much fun. I even I even cut out a clip from that show and posted it because I wasn't gonna do the joke and I did my millennial joke. Follow me at Juan Forno Comedy on Instagram. The video was up there. Um, and Becky. <laughs> oh, Becky. Becky at the show. Oh, Becky. And it's funny because I normally tell that joke and use the name Becky within the joke. And then her name just happened to be Becky. The audience already hated her for being a heckler, interruptive. She just thought she was the show. And, uh, yeah. So I did the millennial joke and then I just roasted her at the end of it. And, uh, it was, it was a proud moment for me because as great as Jeremy is, he's a stickler when it comes to doing your time. He's, Go over your time. Yeah. And rightfully so. I think it's like, it's weird because I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Because it's it's almost a job. It is a job. Yeah. Right? Right, right. So you have five minutes to your five minutes. Yeah. And I I only hate it when I mess up and I get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> you know, um, and Laugh Shop is great because the clock, clock counts up in front of you so you can see exactly how much time you've got. Terrifying. I love it. I It threw me off a little bit because I wasn't used to that. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it's tough to plan. And I yeah. knew... I wanted to leave on a big laugh. I was at about four minutes and 25 seconds of my five minutes and I didn't get the big laugh that I had anticipated on leaving and that happens and uh, that's my mistake for trying to leave on a pun. <laughs> You're the one and only person that leaves on puns. I know, right? And it never works. It never <laughs> works. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to race through this joke but I got to say it really, really fast and I got to take out any mention of Becky until the end of the joke. So I basically had to sprint through this joke and reword it in a way I've never done before just so I could say, and it's great to see you again, Becky, at the end of the joke. And everybody, like if you go back and watch the video and you just watch the interaction and the reaction of the audience and seeing their heads tilt back and seeing them laugh and point and, and the applause that actually follows it, um, it's something real cool. It's, I think that's like the coolest part about doing comedy. Yeah. Is 
that reaction on yeah. on parts that you're not really expecting that big of a reaction on. Yeah, because again, going back to just being genuine, whether it be a beer, or a joke, whatever you're doing, uh, it's it's authentic. It's in the moment, and I, I think people recognize that whether or not they understand that they recognize that or not. Yeah, it just works. I uh, I will throw those out there. Um, don't heckle at comedy shows. You are there as an audience member. Yeah. Um, speak when spoken to. Yes. Yeah. Speak it's when a little, spoke. little aggressive, but yeah. If we prompt you, game face on. Floor is yours. Yeah. We invited that. Yeah. But uh, when you interrupt us, you're, we're not going to be nice about it. <laughs> it's, and it's and it's 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 weird because, like, I've now consumed so much comedy. Uh, being a comedian, and like, I make sure if I go to a show, even if I don't get on stage. I will hang out, shoot the shit with the comics after, say what, say what's up to the headliner, um, whatever. But to see when people go to a comedy show and then they have this weird gut reaction where they're like, I want to, I want to, uh, chime in. I'm like, that's weird. It's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like going to, in my mind, going to a, a meeting with a bunch of CEOs and then stepping in and being like, I have an idea. And it's like, mm, you're not there for that. You're not there not. for that. Uh, so yeah, she was, she was heckling quite a bit. She, uh, a lot. I, I think when that show started, uh, she chimed in with Jeremy Yeah. quite often. And I, I looked at you, I said, Oh, Oh God, this is going to be fun. Which is, you know what? It's nice that she got it out of the way early. Cause, uh, we again, were I wasn't going to do that joke. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I knew that it would work because I knew going in that, that she was going to be a problem. And the first four minutes of my set. I could hear her, and I ignored her, I ignored her, I ignored her, and then I was like, all right, she's still going, here we go. I, uh, I think I, I think I briefly acknowledged her, but then I quickly went back to my bit. Yeah. Um. That's the thing, I ended on it, like, that was it, that was my set, I was like, Becky, out. Uh, and they didn't give her the chance to respond, mm. right? So that, I knew it had to be at the end, because if I did that at the start of my set, that was it. She would have controlled the rest of the set. That's that's a weird thing. Like I've I've had this conversation with uh, quite a few people. Um, so you've been to comedy for how many years now? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, so I am two years behind you. Um, I what do you say? Okay, people ask me, and you asked me this uh, a while ago. People always ask me, "Do you have twenty minutes?" And I will say, "No, I have a good five. Yeah. A reliable, like I can, if you say, hey, can you do five minutes? Easy. Uh, I can do 10 as well. I have 20 minutes worth of material, 15 minutes worth of practice material, 10 minutes worth of material I'm comfortable with. Right. Five minutes, easy. Yeah. What would you say your spacing is? Uh, it depends who's watching this. Uh, <laughs> check me out. And Camrose, June 26th, I'll be doing 30 minutes. And uh, check me out at Good Times in Lethbridge, July 11th. I'll be headlining, doing 45 minutes. Uh, so I think I'm entitled but so, to say 45. The fact, the fact that someone's calling you to do 45, in my mind, I'm like, you have a good 45. Yeah, so it'll be my first time ever doing 45. Fair. <laughs> but I have a really good relationship with the Lethbridge Club and uh, Johnny Pogo and the rest of the ownership group down there. Um, with everything going on right now, the, the budget's a little thin. Um, and, and I, I believe personally, I don't know if everybody would agree with me and, you know, that's fine. That's their opinion. I didn't get into comedy to impress other comedians. 
Um, I think I have the potential to be a legitimate headliner, and I think I have that potential to to be at that stage fairly soon. Uh, my goal was to record my first album at the end of 2021. That's, I've had to take off the last three, four months. <laughs> Um, to, to no fault of anybody's, um, it's, it just is what it is when you enter a pandemic. Um, but I do know I'm very comfortable with 30 minutes and I do know I have jokes, um, that would fill the remaining 15. Um, I've done up to 38, um, and they went well. Um, so I think in another seven minutes, what's... To a comedian, it sounds forever, and, and to non-comedian, seven minutes sounds like nothing. Um, but coming up with good seven minutes of material is not easy. Uh, one of the things that I always uh, fall back on is, is my crowd work, too. Um, I, can't, I can't create crowd work out of thin air, um, but I'm really good at reacting to in-the-moment situations. Uh, relating it back to the breweries, I would say 60% of what airs on Cerveza City was scripted, and 40% is me just reacting to the discussion that's happening. I don't know what the interviewees are going to answer. I have no idea what their answers are going to be. And uh, it just, again, adds to the authenticity, and that's that's one of my favorite parts of comedy is reacting to what's happening in the room. And it's, it's something that you know I wasn't always good at, but the more you do it and the more you practice, you grow, and it's it's something that's really served me well. I think I think I saw that when I was uh I was hanging out at uh, uh in High River, there, you you did you did a great job of just reacting to to the the answers, um, and we got we got a lot of like candid, yeah moments. I got a couple of pictures. I posted them to my Instagram. Uh, shameless plug. Amol does a funny. It's my gram. Gotta plug it. I gotta plug it. We'll plug the, all the grams in later. But uh, um, yeah, no, there was there's a lot of reactive stuff because that's like, and I think that's the most, the best part about comedy, uh, and people might not know this, and it's giving it's like it's unveiling the 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 uh, man behind the mirror type thing, but we've done our bit multiple times. So many times. So many times to a point where. I've only been doing the same bit for six months, and I'm annoyed of it. Um, I saw Kevin Hart on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was talking about how he does the same bit for two and a half years. Yeah. Before he does it for Netflix. Yeah, before and, he knows that it's right. Right? And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm so frustrated with my five minutes. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's, uh, again, comedy is a big self-aware thing. You gotta be, I mean, you may not enjoy telling the same joke over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to make it and you want to create a joke that's going to just continue to build and get better and get better and get better to the point where it belongs on a Netflix special, which none of my jokes do, by the way. But like, uh, that's a goal, right? Like, the goal you, is to, yeah, to grow there, you right? grow and, uh, yeah, it takes a long time. Um, and you continue to try and best yourself. Um, now... We've been chatting for about 40 minutes here. We should probably reset the cameras. Oh, jeez. Time flies. All right, we're good. Um, yeah, so, man, there's there definitely a lot of uh, a lot of correlations between disorders. And, oh, shit, and, hold uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. Yeah. Like, it got really dark in here. <laughs> really dark. 
<laughs> and that's not just a skin color joke. No, we're not. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Uh, Light skin walk out. Hey. <laughs> Three, two, one. All right. So yeah. So definitely a lot of correlations between distilleries and uh, and, and comedy for sure. Um, I will say it's super cool that uh, that you know High River is giving you access to all their distillery stuff. Um, like getting into there. The flight man, you look like you're having a good time with the flights. I will say that. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just mm. yeah. You guys jumped around, but man, you crushed those flights. Oh yeah. Those flights were good. It's part of the job, enjoying the beer. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm enjoying the this fifty percent, or I could enjoy the beer and just shoot the shit with my boy. It's not bad, right? Not bad, not bad. You right. you do all the hard hitting questions while I sit here <laughs> and sip on beers. Uh, man, okay, so uh, episode two, that was uh, High River. High River, great distillery. Uh, anyone in that area should really check it out. Uh, we went there. And uh, we actually shot while they were open. We did, yeah. We were in the brewery. So there's the tap room where mm-hmm. the customers are. We were behind closed doors in the brewery. We got a behind-the-scenes look where where the magic happens. And we, we shot there, and uh, it turned out great. I, I think that's, uh, that's one thing that I didn't realize uh, until very recently, that breweries have a, dis- uh, a customer area, mm-hmm. which I don't know if a lot of people know. I think a lot of yeah. people are just like, they separate breweries from consumers and they think the only place to get uh, the craft beer is straight from a liquor store, which isn't true. You can go to yeah, no. customers' yeah, straight breweries. From the, straight from the source. Straight from the source, especially, uh, um, you know, celebrating a, a local community like that and supporting a place like High River would be pretty cool. So I think we should, uh, we should call it. Enjoy our last little beer. Cheers, Cheers. my dude. Cheers to High River. Cheers to High River. So if uh, you're in the High River area, they're just off Highway 2, which is super easy to get to. Super easy to get to. Super easy to get to. Uh, Little quick exit. You can go there. Enjoy a beer responsibly, obviously. Please. Uh, Tons of good uh, brews there. They have these massive cans. Um, This is a 940 milliliter can. A liter of cerveza. That's a liter of cerveza. It's a good time. Um, yeah, so if you're in the area, I think I think it would be smart to just swing by High River, uh, have a quick pint. Pick uh, up a couple for home. Pick up a couple for home. Um, Growlers, howlers, cans. Yeah, great place, great place. Uh, they're, you can follow them on Instagram. Their Instagram tag, I should have had this lined up right away. I'm sure it's HR Brewery. It is H- HR Brewery Co. Damn, so close. So close. I had it lined up and my phone fell asleep. HR Brewery Co. Uh, Juan, what's your IG? Uh, you can follow me personally at Juan Forno Comedy. Uh, obviously, the Cerveza City page at uh, Cerveza City. I'm a more does a funny, which is arguable. Uh, that's my IG. Uh, so until, uh, episode three, where are we going episode three? Episode three, Valley Brewing. Nope, I fucked that up. Uh, <laughs> episode three is, uh, Zero Issue Brewing, uh, Calgary Brewery, uh, with a comic book theme. So that's next week. Be sure to check that out. Follow us on Instagram at High River Brewery Co. Mold does a funny, Waforno Comedy, Cerveza City. We also have a page on Facebook, and be sure to subscribe on YouTube for all the full episodes as well as the podcast. 
Uh, until next week, we'll see you then. Good night. Right, take it easy. Three, two, one. All right. So, uh, yo, it's been a good, a good chat. Um, not gonna lie, super cool that these uh, breweries are letting you in. High River was pretty fun. As a as a podcast partner on this, uh, super happy that you do the hard work on the interviews and I get to enjoy the beers. This is good. Just hang out and drink beer. Mm. Great. I'm good at this part. Mm. I'm good at this part. That's the best part. This is a pretty good part. Best part. But no, shout out to, to High River Brewery. Uh, they were so accommodating. So much fun. So informative. Kevin and his entire staff were, were absolutely great. And, and we had a blast being on site uh, shooting this week's episode. So That's super cool, man. So uh, so we're going to do this weekly. So this is podcast number two with High River. Man, High River is super cool because they're... Uh, they're just off Highway 2, right there. So on your way to Lethbridge, if you want to stop by High River, grab yourself. This is a 946-mil can. A liter of cerveza, my friend. A liter of cerveza. And it's like quality cerveza. So not only are you going to support the community, but you're also going to get like a good beer. An easy-drinking IPA. Yeah. Or, in this case, the Dos Mikey, uh, New England Hazy New England Tool Shed Collab. That's right. Right? So that's pretty dope that you're supporting the community, grabbing yourself a, a nice, easy-drinking beer. Um, honestly, if you're heading down to, like, Lethbridge, you want to do a quick pit stop, grab yourself a, 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 a can, a, a, mil, a liter can. Don't drink while you're driving, obviously. No, please. But don't when you get to Lethbridge... Get caught drinking and driving. <laughs> don't, don't drink and drive and you don't have to get caught. Uh... But uh, you have a nice can of beer. When you get down to Lethbridge, you can, you know, hang out. Whatever you do in Lethbridge, go to a comedy show down there. True. Good um, times. Good times. That's the name of the comedy club. Yes. You'll have good times. So, uh, so, yeah, support the local brewery, High River. Thank you, High River, for uh, letting us go down there. They were really accommodating. That was super fun. Um, we're going to plug their IG. So, uh, High River Brewery, their Instagram is High River. Brewing Co. So H R Brew Co. Juan, your uh, IG. My IG is Juan Forno Comedy. I got uh, mine's a mole does a funny. And of course, you can follow us at Cerveza City on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube to check out all episodes of the show and the podcast. And uh, we are gonna launch TikTok. Ooh. We're gonna have some. TikTok videos, because that's that what the clout. kids are doing these days, so check us out on there. Uh, plenty of opportunity. Next week... Yeah, what do we do next week? Next week, we're at Zero Issue Brewing, a uh, brewery in Calgary, Alberta, uh, with a comic book theme. Ooh. So let us know who your favorite comic book character is in the comments. Uh, it's possible that you might get mentioned in next week's episode when we discuss superheroes and, and comic book things. Uh... For us at Cerveza City, I've been Juan Forno. I'm Mo Siri. And we'll catch you next week. All right, take it easy, guys.